The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this week's podcast, I'm of course joined by Jake Carlson, as I'm almost every single week now. So, Jake, glad to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. We get to talk about something that we don't usually get to talk about right about now. So, it's kind no of fun, kidding. I guess. Yeah, no. normally we'd have the NBA season already started. Uh, normally we'd have college basketball season already started. But we want to talk about some uh, Cowboy basketball, of course, that starts up actually a week from today. And then we also want to talk about some uh, some NBA stuff that's going on as well, too, as much as we can. So, Jake, I'll, I'll ask you this. Cowboy basketball, one week from today, tip-off against UTA Arlington. Do we win? I mean, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> And it's nothing against UT Arlington because I actually think they are um, – a good team from what I remember. I think it was UT Arlington. Um, maybe they were good last year. I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, we should win. I'm excited to see Cade. I'm excited to see all the other guys because um, I think everybody else is, is pretty healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm no, UT Arlington was terrible last year. Sorry. Uh, maybe it was UT Dallas. I don't know whatever um but yeah i'm excited to see us play i'm ready for college basketball to be back because um for those of you that know me i i love college basketball my girlfriend even loves college basketball which is even like a bigger bigger uptick we both get into the games uh pretty heavily more than we get into in other sports so yeah i'm 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 thoroughly excited for it no kidding me too i I'm really looking forward to this Oklahoma State season because it's got so much hype. It's got so much promise around it. And Cade, number one recruit in the country, McDonald's All-American, you know, top of it seems like every list possible right now. Freshman to watch, all type of stuff. We haven't had a guy like that I that I can remember. So I'm really, really excited uh, just to watch him. Marcus Smart was the latest guy, you know, or closest to that. But I think Cade's supposedly a tier or three above that. So I'm, I'm Marcus yeah. Smart was drafted. Marcus Smart was drafted sixth overall. I don't know if Cade will be or not. Anything can happen. But I'm really excited to watch this whole team. Watch a bunch of other guys who are four stars and three stars. And we, we talked frequently about the Golden State basketball season um, over the mm-hmm. summer when there really wasn't a lot of stuff going on. So I'm really excited for it. It's UTA. It's ESPN2. It's a 3 p.m. tip-off. I'll be watching for sure. Um, you know, 3 p.m. will... Kind of see. I'll probably be uh, done with my phone calls for the day from work, but just send in some emails at that time, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Because <laughs> um, it's uh, 3 Central, I believe, so 4 in Detroit. But with that being said, I, I'm i just really excited for basketball to get here. I'm excited to see how the team plays together. I'm excited yep. as well to see how Mike Boynton does with really good players and no other big allegations hanging out there or other stuff going on or whatever it may, you know, may be. I know that at some point we had a basketball player, you know, on our on our team plan. We had guys who, you know, were on the team for tryouts and whatever. And it's we, we still have walk-ons, don't get me wrong. But it, it's nice to see, like, 
all right, this 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 should be the time to go. You know, like this should be the time to see like how is Oklahoma State basketball at full strength. Granted, we don't get the postseason, but you know, we got the scholarships, we got the transfers, we got you know whatever it is. Do do we know anything about the postseason yet? We we is do that not like set in stone. We don't know about the. Um, I forget exactly the terminology. It's just blank in my mind right now. But you know, oh, the appeal. I forget. I don't know where we stand on the appeal process for appealing the postseason ban. I don't know exactly where the postseason will be played. Of course, with everything going on, it's usually in March. College basketball. Yeah, said Indianapolis, right? Okay. It's in, 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 okay. It, so, so that they're playing all every single game there. Okay. So, well, hey, I mean that that's kind of cool. I mean. No offense to anyone else, but Indiana's closer to Detroit than it is Oklahoma City, so I'll drive over, wear some orange. But, I, I mean, we play at Marquette, you know, not too long from, not too, you know, much longer from now. We play yep. a lot of games coming up, to be honest, and it looks like, you know, uh, good, uh, you know, good season basketball here for a while, which is always nice. I think the college football season for Oklahoma State's gone pretty darn well. Pretty much as expected to any Oklahoma State fan, you know, drop one random game that you play poorly <laughs> in, and you know, I mean, yeah, the Baylor game he moved around, and yeah, you know, Bedlam being what it is, but so be it. I don't think our predictions coming into the season were that diff- were that bad for football, and so hopefully our basketball predictions are pretty on par too. So I'm I'm excited no matter what for college basketball to get here and. Just see some games. I love college basketball too. It's it's awesome, especially when I have some time to watch it. Which, you know, right now looks like looks like I have a little bit of time. Yeah, and you know the thing with college basketball is I feel like, um, I feel like college football hasn't felt as authentic, right? It it hasn't felt like because when you're canceling games and not making them up, it's hard for it to feel like. This is a real college football season. Um, but with college basketball, you know, I'm, I would imagine that that could happen. I just feel like it's going to feel everyone starting at the exact same time that is playing, which is a plus because we didn't get that in college football, obviously. And so it just I'm hoping that we can get a much more authentic sports experience as much as we can. You know, I'm not asking for what we had last year or perfection or anything, but I just hope that we can feel a little bit more authentic uh, sports experience because, you know, I haven't been itching to watch football this year. I don't know about you, but like I'll, I'll obviously watch the OSU games, but other than that, like I'm just not necessarily itching to um, really get in and watch watch all the other games like I usually do. And I think it's just because this year almost feels like a wash. It's like, you know, in Clemson lost. So my mom went to Clemson. So I'm, I, I pull for them and it's like, okay, Notre Dame, you went to overtime with their starting quarterback out. Like you want a cookie, you know, like, so it, I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm glad college basketball is coming back. I, I know that for a fact, because it's my favorite time of the year. Um, my birthday comes up and then we have all these breaks from school, which is always fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's an all around good time of the year. And we just get to sit back and watch college basketball, especially when the game starts at four o'clock on a Wednesday. 
no kidding. I think that's one of the things I look forward to a lot is that, hey, we, 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 get, we just get to see we just get to see more sports being played. That's the one thing I'm taking away from this right now is that if if you're not a sports fan, okay, you're probably not listening to the podcast, but I, if you are a sports fan, like this is the time. Like this is the time. Um, I mean, when else are we gonna say, yeah, there's college football, there's NFL, there's college basketball. And, you know, I mean, there's there's just every single sport seems like it has some other news going on, too. You know, NBA's got news happening every five minutes. Um, MLB's got stuff, you know, going around or whatever. I mean, granted, next season's a little bit farther away since they just wrapped up this year's postseason. But it's it's like it's a great time to be a sports fan. You know, great time to be right. involved in sports, all type of stuff, too. I do on that note, though, actually want to ask you about several of the um, – Several or some, excuse me, of the NBA stuff that's coming out. So, right now as it stands, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, the NBA draft is tonight. I do know that for sure. <laughs> Being held virtually. Yeah. That's, that's at 8 Eastern. But, right, right now, you know, we're all looking forward to NBA season starting up December 22nd. But, trades are happening. You know, right now we've seen Chris Paul got traded for basically Ricky Rubio and a couple other guys and some picks. Um, we've seen Dennis Schroeder get traded. Of course, we mentioned the Thunder guys first. Um, and then we've seen, you know, Drew Holiday and several Drew others. Holiday, yeah. What's what's the biggest trade to you? You know, what's what's the biggest, like, eye-popping trade you didn't think would happen? So, I, the Chris Paul trade doesn't surprise me. Because I think you and I have been on here and talked about multiple times before about how if the Suns just had a point guard. Um, and, you know, we don't always talk about the Suns, but I know that was one of the times that I'm like, look, if the Suns just had a point guard, I think things would be a lot easier. And so it might not have necessarily been Chris Paul, but if it was, you know, maybe a Russell Westbrook that we'll talk about later, if it was just a point guard somebody that's clearly um, going to elevate their team more than Ricky Rubio. Um, I, but the trade that definitely surprised me the most, and I feel like has been glossed over a little bit, is Drew Holiday. Um, I think Drew Holiday is a really good player. I think he's a little bit on the older side um, when it comes to the package that they got for trading him. But it, I saw a tweet that said, the Bucks really think, that trading for Drew Holiday is going to get Giannis to stay. Um, and maybe there's something there that I don't know about, because that's definitely potential, because it's not like I'm sitting here talking to inside NBA sources all day, every day. So um, maybe there is something there. Maybe that will prompt him to stay. Maybe that was the type of player that, because they traded Eric Bledsoe, and if, you know, Drew Holiday is like a significantly better version of Eric Bledsoe, right? I think, we can all agree on that. It's like we've always talked about the prototypes like Russell Westbrook being a better version of John Wall, similar player, better version, right? Um, so it's, you know, that's the thing. But I that trade really kind of was swept under the rug a little bit. And it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, by the way, like we would turn on the NBA and it'd be like, oh, Drew Holiday's in a Bucks uniform. I forgot they got him for eight first round picks. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting as well as 
they got Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is the one from um, the Kings. Not not Bo, is it Bojan? Is that the other one? The one that played for the Wizards. There's Bogdan, and there's another Bogdanovich. Um, <clears throat> anyways, yeah, they got him, and he's also really he's good. He's a good player. Um, and so I also find that interesting, but, uh, yeah, the, the Drew Holiday trade just kind of threw me for a loop. I've always been super high on Drew Holiday. I've always thought that he was a good player. So yeah, that's, that's the one that, uh, that's the one that was most threw me for shocking. Yeah. The, yeah. The trade that was most shocking to me so far has, has honestly been the, it's kind of weird to say this, is the Robert Covington trade. And this is more or less just a Bill O'Brien shout out, but it's basically that Robert Covington got traded for the same amount of picks that DeAndre Hopkins did. They couldn't do better for Hopkins. But it, it's as though Houston is in, the, is in the midst of changing something. Because when that trade happened, it wasn't when we knew a bunch of this other Rocket stuff. And, you you know, I mean, there's there's time and place always to talk about every other what-if possibility. But it seems as though right now that Russell Westbrook and James Harden are both going, we don't want to play for Houston next year. For for whatever reason, we do not want to play for Houston next year. Which, okay, okay, I mean, I guess players make their demands. Anthony Davis did last year, you know, and he got traded to Lakers before, I think before the season even started last year or whatever. So... Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me that that right now, so the trade 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 deadline is you know, um, you know, is here. You know, you're able to make trades now, and almost the second you're able to make trades, this information comes out and is public and is leaked, and it's information as though James Harden wants to go two places. He wants to follow his previous GM Daryl Morey to the Sixers, or he wants to go team up with Kyrie and KD in Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. if I'm James Harden, I I guess information gets leaked, but why would the Rockets care where he goes, right? Like, the Rockets right now go, hey, listen, we got Westbrook last year. We try to make it work. We are okay running it back. You're not, and you're demanding a trade to one team that basically has no assets besides the ones that you want to go play with. I mean, they have a couple, don't get me wrong. Every team does, and... Nets definitely have some guys, but Brooklyn's not sending Kyrie or KD back to Houston for James Harden. James Harden's an MVP winner. There's not an MVP winner in Brooklyn that would come back. And it, it just seems weird to me that James Harden is almost just tanking his trade value. You know, hey, I want to go to this one team and this one team only. Well, doesn't Brooklyn just kind of go, all right, well, Houston, does Spencer Dinwiddie look good to you? You know, I mean, like, like what's the deal? Because... If you're not doing that, or, oh, yeah, maybe I go to the Sixers as well. Okay, so Houston just go, do, do we really want Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook? They don't play this the same way, but they do play the same position on the floor. They do both need the ball in their hands, et cetera, et cetera. So if we trade for Ben Simmons, and we definitely have to get rid of, you know, I definitely have to trade Russ, or what are we doing? And the other thing, too, is that Houston did all these, like, pick swaps and picks with the Thunder to trade um, trade away Chris Paul and get Westbrook mm-hmm. in the first place. So the Houston has really, Houston doesn't really have a good reason to tank right now, you know? 
Um, it's actually like the other team in Houston, the Texans. They don't have a reason to tank right now. They don't have their first round pick this next year's draft. Houston has no reason to tank either. So what? I just... Uh, Houston's stuck between a rock and a hard place. And man, is that rock getting bigger and bigger every single day that this becomes more and more of an issue. Yeah, and... The only thing that I can think of is if Houston's just like, screw it, full-blown tank. Like, call it a day. We're going to stockpile picks and whatever. But it's like, you're trading two guys with massive contracts in a team that are in a league right now that can't exactly just isn't overflowing with money. Um, And, you know, they've been doing pretty well, obviously, the NBA has. But given the time that we're in, all the leagues are strapped for cash. So it's not like they can just hop in and, you know, you call it a day, right? Just paying luxury tax over and over again and whatever. So it's like if you want to go full-blown tank, you're going to have to cut your losses at some point. You know, like that's how I see it is like you might not get exactly what you want for Harden, but if you get – you could get three first-round picks out of him if you send him to the right place. And Westbrook maybe too, but you know th- this transitions perfectly into um, the Washington trade that we saw, that I'm sure a lot of people saw. As everyone knows, I am a Wizards fan, and Westbrook for Wall was was talked about, but they wanted more assets. I hate to break it to you, Houston. We don't have any assets that aren't named Bradley Beal. Um that are worthy of being included in a trade for Russell Westbrook. And I just, I don't see us necessarily trading a pick outside of this year's if we were to trade for Russell Westbrook. So if if Houston's down for that, I would imagine the trade would have been over already, right? Like if, if they could have said, okay, wall and we'll pick swap this year. I would imagine the trade would be over because you're getting the ninth pick giving up what your 25th or whatever it is for Russell Westbrook. Now that's the only thing I can think of, but there's not very many other players that even come close to the salary of Russell Westbrook's other than John wall. So it's like, you're going to have to take your lumps if you want to get rid of them. And I know there was a story that came out, that said uh, the Rockets would have to get comfortable with getting uh, with being uncomfortable, and it's like, yeah, I don't believe you. They were saying that they'd be okay with with playing with unhappy players, and I'm like, I don't know if I believe you. I don't. Well, so this this is my question though: Are these guys going to play? Or are they going to do the Anthony Davis thing? Because. You know what, if if I'm Westbrook and Harden, here's how I look at it. Anthony Davis is definitely younger than them, so that's beside that that I kind of got to factor in a little bit. But Anthony Davis basically milked as much value as he could going, listen, you, you either trade me and get something for me or you don't trade me and I'm gone. But he had, I believe, you know, uh, the rest of the year he kind of was injured or not or whatever that deal was he I mean I don't I think anyone's gonna say he was injured but he was technically injured you know if you look at this you know stats that's why he didn't play games 
And then he had this past season where he would have been on the Pelicans. And they would have had Zion. And I mean, just, you know, all the type of stuff is kind of mind-boggling. They would have had Zion and Drew Holiday, at least for sure. Um, do Westbrook and Harden go, listen, Anthony Davis basically said, screw it. You know what? I'm not, trade me or I'm not playing. Davis ended up saying, all right, I'm not playing. And then gets traded in the offseason. A bunch of stuff comes back, but Anthony Davis won't be around the Lakers, at least I don't think. I mean, I think he'll either leave or, you know, or retire by the time that a bunch of these value and picks and all this type of stuff the Lakers trade to the Pelicans actually come to fruition and would be helpful to him, right? So like a 2023 pick, Mm -hmm. you know, in 2024 might be, oh, hey, that guy would have really helped. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, how many rookies we see just come in the league and just off the bat from the from their rookie year go on MVP or something? It just doesn't happen right now. So Davis, you know, knows that. And his reputation really didn't go down at all. He just is playing in L.A. and is just known as like a great Laker. So why don't Westbrook and Harden just go, hey, hey, Houston, if, if, you're, if you're getting comfortable with us being unhappy, then you're also going to get comfortable with us being injured and taking the, you know, whatever time off until you can tell you trade us. And the hard part is that Westbrook's contract is just so big and he's got a player option for $47 million. So, which I mean, I would assume he's going to have been to at age 35 <laughs> or whatever age, you know, he's 32, yeah. 33 right now. So the other thing too, is that Harden has, you know, I, I guess not a, not the not the same kind of contract. And Harden's definitely going to be the easier guy to trade with more value and all type of stuff. But it seem, I guess Harden is going to have to go. Listen, the the bad side of this is, is that you have been playing in one set of offense that made you as good as you are. You know, I mean, I'm not taking away from Harden, but the offense that you play in is not really an offense that the Nuggets can play. It's not really an offense that the Hornets could play. It's not really an offense that a lot of other teams around the league could play. I mean, that that offensive style that Harden plays, where it's iso ball for 20 seconds out of the 24-second shot clock, is really, really insane to watch. It, it sucks sometimes, and for about two solid minutes a game, it's amazing, but... Who's the who's the only team that we've rumored him getting trade to? Who's the only team it works with? Brooklyn, right? I say Philly. I don't think it works in Philly because because that's not because then Embiid doesn't touch the ball. That that's my thing. It's like Embiid is what? really Embiid is good when he gets the ball in his hands. That's Embiid and Simmons don't work extremely well together, but they do work together. You know they they. Simmons is able to play pretty darn good defense against anyone, you know, at his size. Mm-hmm. And Embiid is basically able to not play as hard on defense because of that. But also Embiid is getting the ball down, you know, you know, whenever he needs a bucket instead of Simmons. So Simmons is not my, shooting threes. It just it, it, it worked because it worked because Harden's an MVP. It, it worked because you know yes. you go you go hard would make it work. But but yeah. So my thing with it is the thing that I consider is um, Joel Embiid is a center built the same way as Clint Capella. He is obviously significantly better than Clint Capella, and that was the year that I think Harden was averaging before Russ got there, right, where he was averaging. That was his MVP year, where he was 
almost averaging a triple double, right? He had, he was having well over 10 assists every game. Um, and so I think that's the only reason it would work, but right. The, the Brooklyn thing would work, but it's like, well, who gets the ball? Are they just going to take turns? <laughs> you know? That's my thing. But, but I think that's why I say the Philly thing works because James Harden has to switch his offense up for what, 30 games that Embiid's going to play every single year. Anyways, it's not like he's playing the full season. That's, that's a fair point. That's a really <laughs> fair point is that you've got Hardeners going full speed for, you know, 60% of the season. And you've got him you've got him going, you know, no, hey, I'll just kind of just put this thing in second and just kind of be out there, you know, for a lot of it and play hard in the playoffs. The other thing, though, with Philly is is that Harden has had the nice, you know, thing, but also Harden has been almost very, very well protected. Because, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Sorry. Not to interrupt, but I did interrupt, but Woj Bob. Um, the Sixers are trading Al Horford a first and a second round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Danny Green. Wait, wait, what? Al Horford comes to Oklahoma City way too late? So that means Steven Adams is likely on his way out, right? Uh, maybe. He's on expiring contract. I know this kind of throws a wrench in what we were saying, but that changes things for Philly, right? That that makes well then then maybe now maybe now our discussion maybe is yeah okay Harden's going Harden's going because now they have the con now they have the now they, now at they least have the happen. money they could pay him yeah um wait because you still have Tobias Harris and what's Danny Green's contract it's not what's insane it? I am not surprised that Danny Green never suited up for the Thunder though and basically I do love the no. Thunder I do love the Thunder here they get another first in a second for. I would say a better quality <clears throat> player in Al Horford versus Danny Green. So Danny Green is getting paid $15 million this year, and he is um, also on an expiry. Al Horford is getting a lot of money from what I remember. Let's see. <clears throat> uh, all, the, all the money. He's getting all the money. He was yeah, just signed. Like yeah, he was just signed like this past year or whatever. Um, so he is a free agent in 2023. He will become an unrestricted free agent. He is getting 27.5, 27, 26.5 over the next three years, including this one. So <clears throat> with that being said, in my opinion, what it sounds like is Steven Adams will be traded by the end of the night. Um, <clears throat> and James Harden will be traded before the season starts because there is no reason why, because why else, and it fits perfectly into our Philly segment, why else would the Thunder take on Al Horford if you're taking, if you're getting a first round pick, that's what, how late is it? You know, well, if it's from Philly, like yeah, it's probably 20 plus, at least for next year. Or, <clears throat> or, I mean, it's definitely in the later. I mean, it depends on when it is. You know, it depends on what year. But, because who knows what, I mean, Philly could have, you know, a really good year next year or, or not that good next year next year, depending but, on him being in some itself. I don't know. 
But even if that pick is late, I can't imagine that pick is going to be earlier than that pick is going to be in the lottery for the next six years. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I would honestly be surprised if Al Horford suits up for the Thunder at this point. I mean, they're not that contract. That that contract is that contract is huge. They're not going to buy him out. No, but I would be surprised if the Thunder don't go. Hey, we'll. If, if I'll ask you this. For the next three years, just the next three, mm-hmm. yeah, you're the Golden State Warriors. Would you rather have Al Horford or James Wiseman? Just the next three years, nothing after that. Oh. And and, and and you're thinking about it because I would go personally, uh, proven asset, a locker room guy, a guy who can shoot threes, and a guy who goes gets rebounds. Hang on a second. That's like almost a perfect fit for us, the Warriors. I'm not saying the second overall pick this year in the draft is in play. I'm not saying that at all. I don't know if the Warriors <laughs> even have the cap space for it, but I am just throwing out the idea of like Horford is a is a nice tradable player. I think Horford and Danny Green are right. and Danny Green are tradable players. Ricky Rubio, eh, I don't know. I don't think he's as tradable. That's why I think Ricky Rubio will suit it for the Thunder. To cap off the Philly segment though, real quick. Philly just seems like a, 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 a dumb move to go get Harden. Like, why? what is Harden's fascination with Daryl Morey? Like, he's not the head coach. You know, he goes out and gets guys that James Harden wants to play with, but he's not the head coach. You know, I mean, but Doc, the, the loyalty... But Doc Rivers is there now. What the, lo- the loyalty thing is, is cool, but, like, all right, is, I mean, if there's something besides the Daryl Morey, then cool, but, like, it just seems so... I'm going to Brooklyn, 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 and then day later... Uh, Sixers seem all right. You know, I mean, are we going to see him like a week here? Actually, man, I'd go play for the Hornets. You know, I mean, the reason I throw out the Hornets, they have the third overall pick this year in the draft. They have, you know, they have they have guys on the roster that are not bad at all. Um, they were a surprisingly good team. I just think James Harden, I think that we've seen the best version of James Harden play. And I don't think he goes to another team and he plays better either statistically wise or fits in better team wise. So the other thing is, is that Harden, all of Harden's stats are just, just up. Just like way, 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 way up. But Houston, Houston was like a bubble. He was almost playing inside of because of the way they play basketball. And I'm not saying because right. they play small ball. I'm saying because Robert Covington, great defender. Russell Westbrook, better than James Harden defensively. Chris Paul, better than James Harden defensively, Right. And so Harden was almost like there. There were guys all around him. PJ Tucker better defensively. Clint Capella better defensively. I mean, there were always guys around Harden that could play defense really well. Ben Simmons better defensively if he gets traded, you know, etc. But if I'm Harden, I go, yeah, I love to go to Brooklyn because I think <clears throat> for about five minutes it seems awesome. But I think once once Harden goes and they go play at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks and whoever Harden is guarding scores 20 and the next day all new york media talks about is can you believe that you know rj barrett scored 20 on harden last night because the knicks lost of course so yeah i mean they're gonna lose to the nets in this what situation but the point being is like harden kind of played an insulated type of type of scheme where he didn't have to play a ton of defense he plays really good defense for 30 seconds can slew dort and that's remember from game seven of this year's playoffs for the thunder Rockets series Besides that, there's a reason why he was playing defense against Lou Dort and not Chris Paul or not Danilo Gallinari. And, you know, I mean, 
And and I think that goes both ways. I think that also, you know, saves his energy so he's better offensively. But Lou Dort scored 27 that game. You know, I mean, it, it's just kind of a a weird thing. But that's, you know, and they're they're guarding each other clearly too, so it makes it kind of easier so, on both of them. Let me let me ask you this because we know we know what the package would essentially be if the Nets were to trade for Harden. It would have to be Dinwiddie, Lavert, Jared Allen, and some picks, probably. Right? We know that that's maybe exchange a couple different players in there. Can the Rockets or could the Rockets get James Harden without giving up Ben Simmons? I don't. I don't think there's any way. Just purely from the fact that. Well, now Philly traded a first and second rounder to Oklahoma City, but also <clears throat> Philly's draft picks are not going to be good enough to entice to entice the Rockets. I think unless it's, unless it's Ben Simmons, could, would they do a straight up? Would Philly straight up trade Ben Simmons for James Harden? Philly would. Houston should not. Houston should never. Houston should go. We at least need a pick or, or something. It doesn't matter how disgruntled that superstar is. Just yeah, this 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 is the stuff you have to wave around. And you, the best two players on your team, and the best two players on your team in the past ten years for the Rockets, I'll say it that way. Ten years, both demanded a trade within the same forty-eight hours over an NBA offseason. That we've seen more political stuff happen than any other time. So, if you're the Rockets, you got to be worried about how your image looks too. I mean, just from just for recruiting guys in the future, you know? Yeah, it's... I'm interested to see because, you know, I I get tired of hearing other people say it. It's been a crazy year. I'm expecting there are going to be, just like this Al Horford trade, there are going to be more. That is not the first one that we'll see um, for the rest of the night. And... I okay. Here, here's the technicalities. Are sending a lightly protected, so it's not even this year's draft pick. Okay, a lightly protected 2025 first round pick, which could pro is probably like what one to five, right? One to ten. Yeah. Well, what do they mean lightly protected? <clears throat> like it's barely protected, so it's like you know it's, twenty. It's like yeah, one to five, or is it? Yeah, one know. to five probably, but. And the 34th overall pick in tonight's draft, the Thunder are also sending Terrence Ferguson to the Sixers with Danny Green. So I would assume that is to make the contracts somewhat match. Um, Trading a former was first round pick. Is that right? Terrence Ferguson was a first round pick, what, Mm -hmm. two, three years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, um, 20 plus, you know, first round pick. But he just played. Sounds. When he's been playing, he's been pretty good. But the 34th, the 34th overall pick seems like good value, right? Like, if you're trading the 34th overall pick for Terrence Ferguson, you know, I, I don't think there's really much, many qualms about that if you were just to look at it through that lens, right? But then if you're like, oh, well, there's a 2025 pick for Al Horford, too, you'd probably be like, okay. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're good with that for sure. And Danny Green. And so, yeah, and Danny Green goes to be a, at least a little bit happy with and Philly. Apparently, 
the Sixers are also sending the rights to Serbian point guard. I'm going to butcher this. Vasilje Micic to the Thunder. He oh, Vasilje. Yeah. Yeah, Vasilje. Yeah. yeah. And is yeah. considered one of Europe's top point guards. So whatever that means. Um, maybe he's good. He's definitely better than me. Um, but yeah, that that trade is interesting because you're like, okay, well, in this offense, Al Horford's not playing the four with how fast they're going to run. I mean, they are going to be running the whole time because <laughs> you're going to have Shea, Rubio, Kelly Oubre. And the only place that Al Horford fits in is at the five. I think he's got to play some four, though. Especially, I mean, Adams can't play four. You're, you're saying Adams is gone. Let's talk about the Thunder a little bit, too, because that Chris Paul yep. for Rubio, uh, Kelly yep. Oubre, Jalen McHugh, uh, Ty Jerome, am I forgetting somebody? And Ricky Rubio, of course, uh, for Chris Paul. And I believe another pick or two from Phoenix. One, Sam Presti turned Russell Westbrook getting traded to Houston to Chris Paul for a great season and great leadership, all type of stuff for, you know, for this weird season as it was in the NBA. And two first rounds from Houston, and two pick spots from Houston, and now, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, and another pick. Like, that's an ins- I believe it's seven first rounders, seven picks, or whatever total, or seven first rounders, or something crazy. Um, yeah, and like four players, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of insane what that, what that trade, you know, Gave the Thunder back in value, to be honest. Yeah, it's... uh, That trade was interesting because, like, in my opinion, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll give up my 34-year-old point guard that's making $80 million a year to get Ricky Rubio and some young guys because, like, Ricky Rubio is going to come off the bench. Right? It'll be... It'll be... Because, in my opinion, it's Shea, Dort... And Ubre, and Gallinari, and Steven Adams, if he's still there. Gallinari's gone. He's he's out. He's a restricted free agent. So I mean, he's okay. being signed and trade. But but you're right. But you're right. I mean, and who knows? You know what? You would not shock me at all. If I go back <clears> to the playoffs, like the eight seed next year, um, become this generation Spurge, as everyone count you know counts them out or whatever. Once they lose that dude, but the Thunder run it with uh, a random Shea. Dort, Ubre, Rubio, th- four-headed monster, something, and and just run it back. It, I mean, the West is stacked. Don't get me wrong, but it would not shock and, me. And Ubre, as, as being the team that drafted him and being pissed, you can probably attest to this. I was pissed when we traded him for Trevor freaking Ariza. Um, I think he is a quality player. And you are partnering him with young guys, a young point guard in Shea, um, and then Al Horford. If we assume that he suits up, I can't imagine that that is going to be a negative locker room to play in. The only issue is you have a new coach. Um, but, But even then, the Thunder at least have shown that they are a constructive organization. They 
They remain steadfast in pretty much all that they do, no matter who their coach is. Um, they've had, what, three or four? Four? Four since their conception? I, oh, yeah, P.J. Colissimo as well. Yep. Yeah. And they have not changed. All they do is trade for draft picks and draft really well. So, <laughs> and they're always in the playoffs. So, they, they have a system. It works. Um, I personally think Al Horford will suit up. I think Al Horford is probably your ideal Thunder player because he will come out, he will play hard, and he'll he'll be like he he'll be like Russell Westbrook. And you know, back, I I forgot to mention, Harden would sit out. Westbrook would not if Westbrook weren't hurt because I think Westbrook just wants to play basketball. <laughs> I, I also agree with you there. I I think that I think that Horford will suit up. I think there's a possibility he also gets traded just because Horford's known as being a great dude. I I guess I could see this. I could see Horford playing one year for the Thunder or playing up until the trade deadline or whatever, and then getting traded or something after. Oh my gosh, he actually plays really well when he doesn't have to fight for um, space on the floor with Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. You know. And we, mean, know, and we know he's a good player. We we know he's a good right? player, and we know he looked bad in his one year in Philly. But it's one year. I, I mean, I mean, I think but I think there the, were a lot of people that looked really bad in their one year. Tobias Harris. Do we think Tobias Harris is a bad player? No, no, no. I I think the biggest takeaway actually here is that <clears throat> Thunder gain more assets. Sixers gain a couple of assets. Uh, T- Terrence Ferguson probably wasn't going to start next year, no matter what. You know, Dort's going to take over that spot. Um, Danny Green may have just really gone, hey, can you please trade me? You know, or or, or whatever it may be. Danny Green can just go, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm cool with the rebuild, but, you know, if you can't trade me, please do. You know, or something. Because he just came off winning the title, you know, with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the Sixers are now set up to make another trade or two, it seems to me. Like, Correct. okay, okay, all right, so this now is kind of lining up of, all right, so you got Danny Green, so now, e- yes, you do have a shooting guard on the roster, you know, I mean, you do have the position that James Harden plays, but I think there's going to be just something else at play here that we don't know about. I mean, what I would love to see, honestly, is like, would a Ben Simmons for Drew Holiday trade even make sense? Because that's what I, if, if I was the Pelicans and that was on the table, that would be, you know. Uh, more interesting thing to me. Um, and I just the, throw that so idea out there real quick, too. The the problem that I'm seeing, I can't believe we are talking about the freaking Sixers this much. Um, but they're, they're posing a lot of problems right now because of, of what they're doing. And But it's not even that. The problem with the Sixers last year is they're literally starting four front court players. Four. Um, that doesn't work. And the problem is as, as good as I think Ben Simmons is, he is an enigma. He is very hard to build a team around. You almost have to do it like James Harden, but the players around him have to be better than what Harden had, right? Like you can't put Covington and Ben Simmons together, right? You would have to put Bradley Beal and Ben Simmons together. I think they would work really well together. 
Um, you couldn't put Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons together. You couldn't put John Wall and Ben Simmons together. You probably couldn't put, I mean, you could because it's Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, like, it would work because they're both such good players. But there are certain types of players that Ben Simmons would have to be around. And being on the Pelicans with Zion and Lonzo Ball, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm just going to go, like, it's like it's we're it's the freaking Suns from 2005 with Steve Nash with no Steve Nash. Yeah, I guess I like Drew Drew more on the Sixers than I do Ben Simmons. <laughs> right. You know, right. it's kind of the thing because right. I think yeah. I think Ben Simmons plays good defense. It's not that I'm writing home about. He's I think defensive player of the year though, or defensive all, all defensive first team. So I so I should put more credit to his name, but he's a good player. But he's he's a good player. But the other thing too is is that. Defense wins championships, don't get me wrong, but at the same point, NBA teams score 100 points every single game, it seems. You know, I mean, the the, the times I've seen NBA Finals games where one team scores under 80 is gone. It's not happening right now, so Ben Simmons is a great player, but a- anyways, I I do want to touch on the on the Wizards you brought up. I know you are Let's the resident Wizards fan here. Why would the Wizards do the trade, in your opinion? You know, um, why why would they necessarily make for the Westbrook. trade for Westbrook? What what are the advantages, disadvantages? Just walk me through it. And you sent me the one, uh, the Stephen Adams one as well today, right? Yes, I, yeah, I saw the Thunder maybe shopping Stephen Adams to the Wizards instead. Mm-hmm. Which, based off the trade that we just saw, very well could be the case, right? Um, so we kind of got to leave that. So the powers that be, um, I just hope Presty, if we do trade with the Thunder, that he just doesn't finesse us. <laughs> but <laughs> I will say Presty has lost one trade this decade, and it was the Harden trade badly, and he has not lost a trade that I can remember since. He has not lost the trades. I don't think he lost the one that he did today either. Um, but yeah, it's um, I don't know and. The, the Westbrook and Wall thing, we kind of talked about it last night for, for a while. And I almost convinced myself into it because I do think we would get better because I haven't seen John Wall play in two years. So at this point, it's almost like, I look, I love Ish Smith. I love him. But I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook is better than you. Um, oh, yeah, there's no disagreements and, there. I no, no disagreements there. For- being an NBA player and I'm not but anyways but but you presented the thing of the the issue is Wall hasn't played so maybe the Wizards know something about his knee that um, everybody else doesn't or maybe the Rockets just want to get rid of Russell Westbrook that bad and maybe he's been really good to them and they just want to operate in good faith so as we talked about last night he'd be going to play with Bradley Beal, who should be an all-star and all-NBA player every single year. And anyone that disagrees with me can call me and tell me how many shooting guards made the all-NBA team last year. The answer is one. I think we talked about that, right? It was James Harden. That was it. Yeah, there were point guards. Um, And he didn't make all-star, which is ridiculous. Um, But, yeah, and then Scott Brooks. And then, hypothetically, right, because there was the Stephen Adams thing, I can't think of a world 
where they would get both Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams. Um, I just don't know what contracts that the Wizards have to match it besides Beal, which is not apparently untouchable right now. Right, which he should be. He should be untouchable. Um, but the GM has also came out and said that Wall's untouchable as well. So I am wondering where, because there were clearly some sort of talks held around Westbrook or Wall. And it's like we said um, last night. That is really the only guy in the NBA that Russell Westbrook could get traded for, and vice versa. There aren't many other players that are equal to, you know, that level that could get traded for that price. So Wall is the obvious choice. And if it almost sounds like the Rockets would be trying to force a trade, right? Like they're, they're trying to force themselves to make this trade and just say, look, we're just trying to move on, whatever. But, but there aren't many situations where a trade makes sense an even trade makes sense for the Wizards to the Rockets because the Wizards, as we've talked about, they don't have very many assets. Like we would be trading guys that you've never heard of. Yeah, but and we'd be trading worse than Terrence Ferguson. I don't know. Maybe there's picks involved too. I, which would be the only. Well, it's just which is, but at this point, I we've seen the Thunder are going after a couple of things right now. They're going after. Um, you know, big contract Al Horford. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're willing to take on a little bit of money here and there. But the other thing is, they're mainly going for assets. They're going for picks. You know, they're not going for players necessarily. They're going for picks. Um, Rubio and Horford are not players you're building with. You know, for five years. So, based off the Stephen Adams trade you sent me, let me let me ask you this: The Thunder now have two players on their roster. That would equate to John Wall. Steven Adams and Ricky Rubio. Would the Thunder do that if there are no picks involved? I don't think so. And and by no picks, I mean like maybe a pick swap or like a second round pick. Sure. But just an outright first round pick. Does Oklahoma city do that without taking on one pick basically, you know, one real value. Correct. Pick. No, I, just, I don't think so because I don't think that John wall today or even in a year is going to be as good of a tradable asset slash is known publicly as being as good of a locker room guy as Al Horford. I think that that matters a lot to Oklahoma City and Oklahoma City's fans, to be honest. I think that matters a lot. But if you're keeping Al Horford, so you're trading Rubio and Steven Adams for Wall. I mean... But, like, what's the point of it, I guess? I just don't... Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, not... Yeah, you keep Horford, you get Wall. And the only... I guess if you're the Thunder, then like, what's I just what's the? Well, so you want Shay to have the ball, right? And 
So there would have to be a pick involved because Steven Adams and Ruby are both on expirings. So if you are trying to stockpile picks and you're like, we'll take on John Wall's contract for a pick, you know, the old, the old Sam Presti mantra, right? Um, Cause knowing him, if John Wall comes out and plays 75% of what we saw when he's healthy, on a team that could prob, if John Wall and Shea and Kelly Oubre and Al Horford are all playing together, that team is probably a playoff team, probably based off how they played last year. And and, and I'm not I'm not going to argue that at all. But I'm also going why why do that? I I if you want to pick that bad is the only reason, right? Yeah, but I think right now that you have. The Thunder have three guys they want to keep on the roster to see how they progress. They right. they want to keep Shea, no matter what. They want to keep Lou Dort. Just to, I mean, he, he signed to a contract. I mean, he's played way better than anyone thought he would. And he also is the prototypical Thunder 2 guard, but it has made more points and, you know, more three-pointers in a game than I think a lot of other Thunder 2 guards have ever. And... You have Darius Baisley, who is super young. I mean, super young. He's like just now turned 19 or something after already playing one year in the NBA. So I just don't know why you would go do that. I know I know you're a big Wall fan. I know you're a bigger Bradley Beal fan. I know mm-hmm. you're third a Wizards fan. But the reason why I put it like that is that John Wall does not have the best public image in the NBA at all. He does not have not known for the best public image or whatever. I don't. I don't know if you and want to bring a, him a into pretty the locker room. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if like why bring Wall into the locker room whenever it's it's the Thunder. The Thunder are not encouraged. You're ever encouraged to to do to do something like uh, you know, like lose. You're not encouraged to tank, but. The Thunder are not encouraged right now to make the playoffs year after year. You know, they have the pick swaps, don't get me wrong, but they're not encouraged to. So I just don't know why. Why would the Thunder go get Wall for three more seasons, probably? Right? You know, and I think right. his contract is worse than having two expirings. I think that, I think that, for lack of a better term here, Harden is going to be able to choose where he wants to go. Westbrook is going to be able to choose where he wants to go. Wall is going to be in the exact opposite situation. He's going to be lucky if he goes to a new team. He's also should stay with the Wizards. I, I, just think I if I'm the if I'm the Wizards, I think that this is what you said last night. An Ernie Grunfeld move is trading John Wall at his lowest possible value. Right now, he is the lowest possible value. The only way he can have lower value is if he plays 20 games and he's even he's worse than we even thought, right? <laughs> but that yeah. that I don't think is a possibility. I think that if you see John Wall go out there and play 40 games or whatever and go, hang on a second, this dude's younger than Westbrook? This guy might have more value than Westbrook. Just, 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 just because they're signed for the exact same contracts, two years plus player options for almost the exact same amount of money, and Wall is younger than Westbrook. You know, Wall, I don't think is as good as Westbrook today. I don't know if Wall will ever be as good as Westbrook is today. But a 75-80% John Wall 
may sound a lot better, and I think does sound a lot better to teams if he if he's that good. If he's 75 to 80%, you know, we're saying a lot of ifs here, or at least I am. If Wall is 75 to 80%, as good as he was before the Achilles injury, then is then his contract is a lot more stomachable than Westbrook's. And in like two years from now, when hopefully, fingers crossed, everyone's back in arenas and everything's good to go and the NBA sour cap is in a position where it can go up again, then I think Wall's contract looks okay and doesn't look that bad. And, you know, all of a sudden, we're talking about how that John Wall got traded to X team and they had a summer season whenever Chris Paul got traded to Thunder for that one season. You know, be- because that's... Because Wall has is younger and we're going to look at Westbrook's contract being so bad, but teams are going to be able to see how Westbrook plays out the rest of his contract, you know, over this next season and go, okay, well, if, if Wall can play just a little bit better than that season or whatever it is, then we're, we're fine with taking him. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go get him. And John Wall is, is a pretty darn good player. I mean, he's he's made an all-star team, right, in the past? So if he can come mm-hmm. back. I mean, guys, guy, that's a crazy thing, too. Kobe didn't necessarily come back from the Achilles injury full strength, but he was also he was also older. And he also had a lot more minutes in the NBA played than John Wall. Guys come back yep. from Achilles injuries now. It, it's, it's, I could not imagine coming back from an Achilles injury. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've only had one major injury or whatever, and that's ACL and meniscus. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully playing basketball. Today, granted, it'll be horrible with the wind outside here, but you know, I think it's one of those things where Wall doesn't doesn't sound that bad after a year. You, you, you let let's play a year with Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal makes John Wall definitely look better. John Wall would be a much worse player, at least looking, if it was just him on the Knicks and whoever else they have. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I can see I, the I, Knicks I, going, "Hey, we'll trade you Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett." For John Wall, right now. And the Wizards are going, uh, yeah, all right, let's do it. Yeah, wait, wait, what? Can we get <laughs> yeah, a... sure, whatever. Hey, 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 Knicks, can we also get a pick? I don't know what's... You know, I mean, there's... And I'm not saying I think the I don't think the Knicks said... No, I'm just saying that, like, if John Wall wouldn't played for the Knicks, he'd be in a much worse trade value situation, all type of stuff, than, than with the Wizards, you know? The Wizards' right. value, he's only... His value's technically only going to go up. I, or, you know theoretically yeah. go up. and so who knows what the wizards do today i don't see john wall getting traded today um i think believe it or not if any player gets traded today it would probably be bertans right it probably if the wizards are trying to move up um in the draft then it would probably be like a bertans type or something like that um which i think would have to be a sign and trade if i'm not correct um but yeah, I mean, I, I'm very intrigued to see how many Woj bombs I get tonight. Um, just for us to have to do this all over again the next day, <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, Calvin, well, we uh, don't edit that one because we got to start all over again. Hey, remember that podcast we put out last night? Well, the recap of it, of the recap of the <laughs> podcast, is the next day. I. I agree with you. Real quickly, as we end out this one, I want to ask you. So you've seen all the – I think you had a chance to see a lot of the city jerseys, right? Yeah. Has the Wizards one been released? 
I don't believe so. Okay. I probably would have bought one already. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, um, I'll ask this then. Which is your favorite city jersey so far that you've seen released since your own team hasn't been released yet? Uh, probably Phoenix. Yeah. The, the Valley. I, I really want to go, yeah, you know what? I kind of want to buy a Devin Booker, the Valley Suns jersey. It just looks great. Shout out to the Suns. They did. They did that incredibly well. It's yeah, not too much. I, I hope the Wizards come out with the good jerseys because their past ones have been terrible. Um, I don't even really like their current jerseys, but I, they could do something cool with DC. I just, I don't have much faith in them. Um, but yeah, we didn't even get to our mock draft. Wow. Um, well. According to ESPN, the Wizards are supposed to draft Isaac Okoro from Auburn, which I am completely okay with. Um, He's six six, plays defense, can shoot all that whole nine yards. Um, so I'd be pretty content with that. I know the Thunder is supposed to draft uh, Desmond Bain from TCU, which is pretty uh, interesting, considering we've seen him play a lot. But um, yeah, I'm I am uh, I'm really looking forward to the draft tonight. I think it's going to get pretty wacky. Yeah, it looks like we're supposed to draft Patrick Williams. Oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, looks like we're supposed to draft uh, Babcock Hoops has his drafting Tyrell Terry and Cassius Stanley. And shout out to Babcock Hoops. Uh, both um, Derek Murray has been on the podcast twice. Did our whole mock draft like I want to say back in August or September or whatever. Then <laughs> um, to be honest, uh, I'm gonna tune in for their their draft special here in a little bit. And uh, shout out to uh, Matt Babcock and Babcock Hoops. Dot com as well as Derek Murray. Thanks so much for joining us here um, on earlier episodes of the podcast as well. But they had the Thunder with that 28th pick they just got from the Lakers taking Cassius Stanley, which I think that's... I, I do that in RP. That sounds pretty darn good to me. Tyrell Terry, mm-hmm. If Tyrell Terry ends up going that late, I'm 110% for it. I just have... The Ringer has him much higher, which, I mean... I'm curious to see what's what's, you know... Wherever, where everything stands, to be honest, I guess. Um, man, it, it's going to be a fun night. I'm excited for the NBA draft. It's always a ton of fun. Um, any any final thoughts here about draft stuff you've heard so far? Um, I honestly hope the Timberwolves draft Lamelo just so they can have one of the worst defenses we've ever seen in the NBA and probably get the first pick again next year. Okay, okay. I uh, I don't have that same hope. I hope that whoever the Warriors want is going that too, because man, the Warriors—they almost got the number one overall pick. I mean, they really lucked out with uh, how everything worked out. I gotta say, yeah. You know, Steph, Steph, and Clay get fully healthy. Draymond stays pretty healthy, and all of a sudden, you're not talking about the Warriors have the number two overall pick in a. In what is, I think, widely known as a, um, a draft with three amazing players. And after that, it's a little bit of a drop-off, at least. So, yeah. Jake, as always, thank you for joining me here on the latest episode of the CGA Tour. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And we will catch you guys again soon. Thanks, guys.